0: Hello listeners. September is National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Join us at Relay FM in supporting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Learn more and donate now at 512pixels.net/september. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Virtual on Relay FM. This episode of Virtual is brought to you by Studio Neat, makers of the glyph, the cosmonaut, and the neat ice kit, and Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as I always am, by my friend, my amigo, Mr. <laughs> Federico Vittici.
1: Hey Mike, how you doing? It's been a long time since I uh, last talked to you on a podcast. How are I know
0: you? I'm very well. Uh, I guess we should just apologise, right, for not having a show last week. Yeah, uh, we were intending to record late last week, but um, with well, me I was being in, away... I was
1: in front of my microphone, and you didn't show up.
0: No, I was in Italy <laughs> trying. I was walking around trying to find you. I was like, Federica.
1: trying to find a microphone, and you know, on vacation, just asking people for Skype. directions for skype (laughs) where where is the (laughs) skype
0: (laughs) so we're going to talk about italy actually as a part of this episode we'll talk about my experiences in italy i'm sure you have some questions for me i do yes Um, but we have some interesting links as we as we always tend to have
1: just just a just a couple what have we got um you know, of course, uh, over the past few weeks, we uh, we were pretty busy, you know, with um, on the Apple side of things with iOS 8 and all these new iPhones, you know, and the Apple event and the Keynote and the Watch, a lot of stuff. But also quite a few um, interesting things happened in the video game world. And um, so I saved a, a bunch of links and uh, uh, we have a topic to discuss, you know, uh, some news and other, and a game that we tried um, I guess people can figure it out, but we're going to talk about it later. Um, there was the Tokyo Game Show, of course. And um, I saw the trailer for Final Fantasy XV. Um, and it's interesting because uh, this game was meant to come out five or six years ago as Final Fantasy Versus 13, And um, Square, en- Square Enix never released the game. And a few months ago, it, uh, it popped up again, basically um, as Final Fantasy 15. And there's this new trailer. Um, Mike, have you watched it? Yeah. Okay, so it looks good, right? Because it's uh, nice graphics and, and nice animations. So, um, it's in Japanese, so uh, uh, at least I couldn't figure out much of the there story. Were subtitles, there, right? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have the subtitles. Much. Yeah, I had. Sub-
0: I watched it on the on my. Uh... My iPhone and it had,
1: mm. it had subtitles. I probably was just late for me and I didn't see the subtitles. I don't know, but it, it looked good. It looks good, right? I mean, it's nice graphics and uh, nice environments. So um, you know, there's a uh, at least we can we can we can see that the battles are happening like live on the on the on the field. It's not like the traditional turn-based um, battle system of you know old Final Fantasy and also Bravely Default last year. But anyway, it's a modern Final Fantasy. What struck me as a little bit weird is that it, in the trailer it's uh, it seems to be uh, focused on a on a road trip. I don't so, get it, man. I just okay, can okay. so, so it. So there's there's uh, like five or six um, guys, five or six dudes, uh, all dressed in black, right? And yeah. they're going on a road trip. And there's um, these are all guys, and these are all dressed as you know the same basically. And I found that to be a little surprising because I mean at least in the in the old in the old Final Fantasy games there used to be some kind of female presence. Now, this is only a first trailer and things may as well change. So
0: I had a question To me, it sounded like one of the characters was a girl. Uh Oh yeah, like they yawn or something, and it sounded like a girl to me. Like it was, it was. I don't know. I, I couldn't explain it, but but I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't sure. Like I'm watching it again now, and it's not really helping me. No, I think I think they are all guys. They are all guys.
1: Yeah, I just I just don't get it. You know, with all the with all the changes that the video game industry is going is going through, mm. Square Enix coming out with this trailer of five dudes in a car. I don't know, man. I mean, it's. This- People, I I don't
0: intend this to sound as bad as it's going to sound, but there seems to be like the big Japanese studios are not really embracing these changes, like Metal Gear Solid. Like, mm-hmm. it's. Did you see the the new character in Metal Gear Solid?
1: Yeah, I saw the female a, character. Yeah, yeah, I saw the criticism for just, the, just
0: just wearing a bikini, like. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and I saw also the fact that there's um, like in in the Metal Gear there's still the you know you can distract guards with um with like porn magazines yeah and yeah, like
0: so pin-up models and yeah. yeah it's it's still it still seems like maybe it's oh and the 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 character's name is is DD so like double D it's not good like uh, they yeah double D seriously yeah DD I, I don't um, know god <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so maybe maybe we could be wrong or maybe it's uh there is a um like a uh, a component to to the Japanese games industry that the tradition uh makes it harder for Japanese companies to to oh, change sorry. the
0: stereotype Federico Didi is the dog the oh. the, the female character's name is Quiet. Okay. I think.
1: Oh, well, that's better. I guess. Um but yeah th- there seems to be um it seems to be difficult for Japanese games developers to uh move beyond the stereotype of the uh using female characters as uh, sexual objects in their games. And I also saw, uh, I cannot remember the name of the game, um, but I saw a photo from, um, I follow a bunch of journalists um, from the video game industry, and I saw a photo from Tokyo Game Show, and there was this, um, I would say this booth, right? Um, Where you could play, um, I think, a fighting game or an action-adventure game, and basically, the the TV monitors were um, to give you, um, a, let's say, um, a not compromising description. Uh, the monitors were in um, located in the breast um, of a character, of a female character, like a giant breasts. Yeah. I and the monitors, and, and basically, people had to kind of, um, basically, <laughs> face uh, this giant structure. And there are photos on Twitter. I cannot remember the name of uh the game, but it, it it's just in the photos it seemed weird and like anachronistic i think and um and it's interesting I would definitely would love to know from if you have listeners from Japan or people who have worked in the Japanese industry if if the situation is different when it comes to um having a different um I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of a good word. Um, presentation of uh, female characters in, in video games. And uh, it's, it's something that, that struck me when I saw the, the Final Fantasy trailer. It looked nice, right, from a graphical perspective. And uh, I would love to have a decent Final Fantasy game again. It's just that uh, the trailer was kind of weird. And uh, I don't know what's, what's going on with Square Enix. There was yeah. also a trailer for um, the Type Zero HD uh, remake. This is another game in the Final Fantasy series um, that's coming out as an HD remaster. Um, I think next year looks nice, but you know nothing major or groundbreaking. And um, I saw Mike that you that you added another Final Fantasy item in our document,
0: in our show notes, which people can find where, Mike? They can find the show notes, and you probably want to be there right now. This is probably going to go to one of the live listeners, but who knows? Relay.fm slash virtual slash uh, five. Listener Paul wrote in. Um, he had an extra code. Um, actually, this won't go to the live listeners. This will go to the first person that redeems from downloading, because I won't post it in the chat room. Let's give people a fair chance here. Um he gave me a code to give out because he had a spare copy of Final Fantasy X2 to download from the PSN store, so that will be in the show notes. So when you get the show notes, you can go there, and if you're the first person, then you'll be able to download this uh, game code.
1: So you re- you really couldn't help yourself and said Final Fantasy X? Oh. This is like OS X all over Psst. again. Psst. It's because of the dash, <laughs> yeah. Because it's and then silly there's a number just, two. I just in this case, I think you're right because it is silly to say Final Fantasy 10 2. Because yes. I would have said like twelve, you know, if it was X and I or
0: something. Yeah, I found. Um, I think I found the uh, the thing that you were talking about. Uh, oh, o- the picture. Yeah, Oni bar Z two. That's the game. Be in the show notes.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's weird, honestly. And, um, you know, I still have to play Final Fantasy X. Um, I, I told you, like, I don't know, two months ago, that I wanted to, to buy the, the PS Vita bundle, right? Final Fantasy X and X-2. Um, I just never had the time, and I don't think I'm going to have the time anytime soon, considering what's coming out this fall. Um, Mike, I have another quick topic that I wanted to talk to you about okay uh, before we dive deep into the the real game uh, news and mm-hmm. stuff so you've been um, in my country uh-huh um, and, I, and you, wouldn't, conf-
0: you wouldn't visit me
1: yeah do you see and um, so I saw the photos that you that you sent us in our group chat and I saw the tweets now I want you to tell me the top three things Three, um, yeah, the top three things that you loved, and three things that you didn't understand. Oh, about, great! Okay, about Italy.
0: So, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna group this all together because otherwise it would just be three food things. I love the food of your country, mm-hmm. just in general. The I basically spent a week eating cheese, prosciutto, <laughs> pasta, and pizza.
1: You yeah, know that's not really healthy, right?
0: Uh, it was only one week, though. Uh, <laughs> I I couldn't live in Italy because I would be dead within a year. Uh, it's It was just so good. I had easily the best pizza and the best pasta I've ever had in my life, which is all I could have hoped for, and it's what I got. Um, the co- Your coffee is very good. I'm a big fan of uh, Granita. Mm-hmm. I told you. <laughs> which is like, imagine a really 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 good frappuccino this is for the rest of the world it's far better than anything you could expect to to get from a starbucks it's like real coffee we're, we're like mixed with ice blended just fantastic
1: Oh, so you tried the coffee one yeah i usually go with guarita with fruit or yeah i saw uh, those like coca cola as, yeah, a, as a i saw taste. those but yeah.
0: but but uh the this Where we were on the beach, they had these coffee ones, and I thought I would try that, and I'm a mm-hmm. big fan. Big fan. So that's mm-hmm. that. What else? Oh, your weather is fantastic. Nice.
1: Um, y- yeah, you were lucky, because um, the same days that you were here, um, the weather was not so nice in, in Viterbo. So.
0: And your beaches.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they I, were my favorite things. Like the, You went to Mondello. Yeah, Mondello, Yeah.
0: yeah which is in Palermo, which is a beach in Palermo. Mm-hmm. Um, just fantastic. Just one of the most beautiful beaches I've been to. And you said to me, didn't you, when I went about how great yeah. it was.
1: Yeah. So tell me about what you didn't really understand. Okay. So this was
0: one thing that I did ask you because it yeah. confused me so much. It seems that, uh, the lovely people of Italy will for any reason, um, just stop in the middle of the street and start talking <laughs> yeah. and just block the entire sidewalk. Like they, they just take up all the space. And like in little groups. Yeah. Little groups. Yeah. Uh, I saw people doing it in the road, like in the actual road, just standing mm-hmm. and talking, or you'd be trying to leave a restaurant, but there'd be like a line of people and nobody, um, nobody's like, is nice about it. and no, will move out of your way. Uh, yeah, very very uh, interesting. It, uh, I didn't understand it. Um I think I started to to get an idea for why it was happening before I was leaving. It's just because people just want to talk. Um yeah. and every, and a lot of the time these these sort of interactions would be happening as people were saying hello or goodbye, so it was like big gestures and like, you know, a, a lot of like theater. Um
1: did you see a lot of theatre?
0: Well, as in, like, people <laughs> are, when they're like, ah,
1: oh, like, greeting each other, you know? Like, they're, yeah. they're just
0: these big, grand gestures.
1: Like, big hugs and, and, and you know, double kiss on the cheeks. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff? Okay.
0: No, I haven't ranked this properly, because the thing that I didn't like the most is your roads. <laughs> yeah,
1: they um, suck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, those are terrible, honestly. I know, it's a problem.
0: I've never been... Anywhere in my life where people in cars were so, or just any type of motorised vehicle, was so disrespectful for pedestrians. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I think I nearly died like twice a day, every day. Mm-hmm. Just people will just just drive at you. They will just drive at you. You're crossing the road uh, because it's like America. There is a, um, I think it's to turn right on red, right? You can you can just turn right whether yes, the lights are yes. red or not. But in America, what I have found is if you are crossing the road or looking like you attempt to cross the road, people don't continue to drive. That is not the case. I I was like, some at one point, I remember I was crossing the road and there were people crossing in front of me. Like there's there was maybe a eight or nine feet gap between me and one person. And someone on like a scooter, like on a moped, just drove between us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what are you
0: doing? So yeah, I found that very weird. Um, let me think. One more thing that I, I found. Hmm. I, I feel like there were things happening at the time where I was like, I must remember to ask Federico about that, but but I, I didn't remember. But the the roads were like this big thing for me, and I know that you said that Rome is just like a nightmare. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, no, I, I think uh, maybe I'll think of something later on in the show. But but that they were kind of the two things that I found the most weird. Yeah, both Italian. are,
1: both, uh now that you're uh, talking about them, I can understand why, why they could be strange um, to someone who's not Italian, uh, but they're totally normal. And actually, they can get worse um, depending on the city that you go to. For instance, this, the road and um, pedestrian situation is much, much worse in Rome, mm-hmm. uh, which is more chaotic and, you know, it's just a mess. Yeah, it's uh, the road um, stuff is a real problem because the um, uh, it seems to to me that at least in my area, but now that you mention it, apparently it's also a problem in Sicily. Um, the administration doesn't really have the funds, or I guess, care to to fix the roads, and they don't understand that you know having um, holes, actual holes, and you know just uh, bad quality um, asphalt. I guess it's it's a real problem when you're driving and you're compromising the safety of people, and also in Viterbo we have the same problem. Every time it rains or like there's a there's a some kind of thunderstorm, and you know uh, the roads uh, take significant damage, and um, on more than one occasion I drove into a hole on the road, and I feared for my you know for my. Uh, what's the name of the, you know, the wheels and the... the
0: oh, the... um.
1: The, um <laughs> the, we need Casey on the show. <laughs> uh,
0: the wheels but, and stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, the wheels and stuff. Yeah, the and wheels the, and stuff. So that's a real problem. I can understand why, like, coming from another country that I'm sure has a better <laughs> road situation, uh, you can be shocked uh, seeing, you know, uh, Italy and what are dear administration is doing um but yeah i'm, I'm glad that you that you like the the food and and the uh, the scene in general
0: oh i remember the other thing that i didn't understand but i did ask you this where it was like guys seem to drive around in cars with very very loud music <laughs> yes, and like yes. they hang out the windows <laughs> yeah. at night that that was a thing that, that i saw a lot of and sometimes there were girls in the cars but frequently not Mm-hmm. Um, that was an interesting thing.
1: I thought there was a there was a thing, honestly. Anywhere, Just, uh, you know.
0: I have seen it in the UK, but it was Just constant in Italy. Mm-hmm. Like it was every mm-hmm. night, multiple cars, and yeah. also this was compounded with the fact that these people had even less uh, care for pedestrians unless exactly. the pedestrians were ladies.
1: So they would come at you with loud music. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that seems that seems like sounds like Italy. Yeah.
0: But I had a, I had a fantastic time. It was, uh, it was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Lo- loved I'm it. glad, Mike. Really, really loved it. Very, I feel very relaxed. It was a, it was a nice holiday. It was a good break.
1: Mm-hmm. So nice.
0: sh- we've we've we do actually have um, some video game
1: news. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, stuff happened while you were on vacation, Mike.
0: Yeah, whether I like it or not. But I think before we do that, uh, I should take a quick moment to thank our first sponsor for this week, and that is the great people over at Squarespace. They are the only one platform that make it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and even online store for a free trial and 10% off. Go over and visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code insert coin at checkout a better web starts with your website Squarespace take a lot of care and you can really see that they do care about design now this is throughout their entire product from their fantastic beautiful responsive templates their templates look fantastic on all devices, desktop, mobile, tablet whether you've got a big phone, little phone it looks great on all of them but so this is what you know. people coming to your website are going to see But as you, as the person who has the Squarespace account, you are the customer. The backend system, so where you post to Squarespace, where you do all your settings and where you create your site and where you want it to look, that all looks fantastic as well. So they took a lot of time to actually make a really good, intuitive, nice looking user interface. It's not just about giving you the tools to make your website look good to people visiting it, but Squarespace thought that about themselves. They wanted to make their site look good to their customers, and they really did. They really take all this stuff seriously. They, they, their WYSIWYG page building system is is fantastic. It lets you craft pages and make stylistic changes all within the web browser, and they update right before your eyes, so you're going to see exactly how your changes will look to your visitors. But Squarespace don't believe in just, you know, saying to you, right, you can pick between these templates, you only can do this, and then off you go. You can try out any of their templates at any time. You can be working on multiple templates at once. so You can apply your design, new design, your updated design when you're ready. You can inject custom CSS. Um, Stephen does this with his site. Um, so you can even tinker with the templates to make them look exactly as you want. And you also have full code control of all of the templates being exposed via Git. So you can easily work with multiple people and rollback changes very, very easily as well. This is just this the design is just one part of Squarespace's fantastic system. They have rock solid hosting, mobile apps, built in statistics and analytics, custom domain support, they have commerce so you can sell things online and they have twenty four seven support with teams located in New York, Dublin and Portland. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and they include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So go head over to Squarespace right now. Sign up for a free trial. You don't need any credit card to do this. And when you do decide to make to, to sign up for an account, which I'm sure that you will, make sure that you use the offer code INSERTCOIN, that's all one word, I-N-S-E-R-T-C-O-I-N to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for virtual. Thank you to Squarespace for their support of all of Real AFM and this little video game podcast that we do. That's Squarespace. A better web starts with your website. Minecraft.
1: What? Is it a game?
0: Apparently. So this was rumored uh, a few weeks ago, um, but Microsoft has purchased Mojang uh, for $2.5 billion, which is an incredibly low price, Mm -hmm. I think. I am... extremely surprised that it only costs 2.5 billion dollars and you say mike that's insane only 2.5 billion dollars but you know to put it into perspective with the tech industry instagram costs 1 billion and whatsapp costs 16 minecraft is not just a video game it's like a revolution amongst yeah. young people it i i cannot believe that 2.5 billion was all it it cost to buy the company and all of the IP. It
1: yeah, seems I forgot kind of that crazy. WhatsApp went for $16 yeah. billion. $16
0: That's billion dollars for WhatsApp. Crazy. And Minecraft for 2.5. I was so surprised. Like, if there was a movie, a Minecraft movie, it would make hundreds, it would gross hundreds of millions of dollars. Like just at box office. Let alone millions and millions and millions of people buying these games for years, like, I was very surprised.
1: Very, yeah, very a, surprised. It, I mean, Minecraft is basically defining a whole new generation of uh, kids who play video games. Yep. And and it seems so crazy to me that just for that kind of price, uh, the company is now owned by Microsoft, um, which apparently doesn't want to end um, the fact that Minecraft is available on multiple platforms um, Minecraft is going to continue, at least according to Microsoft, and at least for now, um, to be is continuing to be, to be available on you know on iOS and, and PlayStation, and of course PC and Xbox. Um, it's it. This was a. I didn't really see it coming. I didn't actually believe the rumor uh, because it it just didn't seem like a good fit, you know. Because I mean, th- there's a multi-platform company. Uh, such as Mojang, and then there's Microsoft. So uh, I've been thinking about this, right? And um, I think one way to look at this uh, acquisition is to consider Minecraft as just another app from Microsoft. So Microsoft makes services and and apps, so they have OneNote and, uh, for instance, or, I don't know, um, Office, right? And these are apps that are available on, a variety of devices and and operating systems. So maybe Minecraft is just another way of the new Microsoft under a new CEO of being available on, you know, on just about any device that you use. Uh, So that's one way. But of course, Minecraft is not really an app. It's a a game. And also, um, I would say, um, I don't want to say a lifestyle because it's not a lifestyle, uh, Uh. but it's definitely like like a whole universe of, you know, there's the game and the online communities and there's the conventions and, you know, the gadgets. It's a whole thing, right? It's a bunch of... (laughs) It's a really strong brand uh, that started as a video game and now is a huge community. And now that's part of Microsoft. And, And I'm struggling to understand how that can continue under Microsoft uh, because on the one hand I thought okay minecraft maybe part of the success is due to the fact that it's a it's a it started as a nice little indie game and now it's popular and people like the fact that it started as a genuine indie game made by a single guy but then I I thought about this and then I realized but the the younger generations and kids they don't care <laughs> about being indie or you know small guys who made it and they just want to play Minecraft. So maybe the fact that Microsoft now owns the game is great news for for these new generations because it means Minecraft is going to continue.
0: I don't think there was any risk of it continuing. I don't think that Mojang needed Microsoft.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They were making a a lot of money. It seems to me that uh, clearly Notch wanted, you know, out... But he, but
0: he has not been in active development of Minecraft for a
1: long time. True, true. So maybe it's just a formality at this point. You know, there's, just wanted to, to sell his company and just be done with it.
0: So I've been thinking about the... I've been trying to think of their mo- of Microsoft motivations in this. And I'm struggling to work, the, work it out. So they're saying it's going to stay on all platforms... Okay, I mean that's what I want to hear. But if that's the case, then why did they do it? Because they're not. I don't think Microsoft is a company that's hurting for money, right? They they do fine financially. They do incredibly. I think that is overlooked quite frequently because they don't have exciting products that you know that we, that excite us. But the you know, Office just continues to make them mm-hmm. a ridiculous amount of money, and it will continue to for many, many years to come. So when I first heard this, I was like, right, what is Microsoft's Achilles heel at the moment with gaming? And it's that they are simply not selling as many consoles as PlayStation. And it's and it's becoming, like, by a magnitude number. You know, it, it's it's starting to really, like... Sony are pulling away and they're pulling yeah. away fast. It would upset a lot of people if um if Microsoft you know they 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 restricted Minecraft to Xbox and PC. It would it would cause outrage, but what it would also do is sell a lot of Xboxes. Because Kids would be really upset, they'd be really angry, and parents would buy like xbox three sixties for their kids so they could play minecraft. so that seemed like it was the motivation for me. I can't work out what it is otherwise like i I get what I hadn't thought of it that way like yes, they have cross platform applications, but I think that you know Microsoft create cross platform applications. So people can continue to use their services, right? So they create Office, and then but then sometimes you work with people that have Macs, so you create a Mac version of Office, so it can interact with the Windows world. Yeah, that's why they 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 go cross-platform to allow people into their ecosystem, but they've bought an ecosystem, so it's kind of a it it, it, it on paper seems like a similar thing, but this just to me feels like a difference. I just struggle to understand this. I just I can't get my head around it, and and that that concerns me more. Like if they would have said we all of the current versions, we will continue to support, but the next iteration of Minecraft will be on will be on PC and that will be on Windows and Xbox only, where I would have been very upset yeah. about that. At least I would have understood it. It would have made instant sense to me. They want to sell Xboxes, but I don't get the, you know, they're even saying, I mean, there's a bit of ambu- ambiguity about this, but they're saying that there is still a chance it will come to the Vita because yeah. that, that hasn't been released yet. But then, you know, then this is, there is still a chance. Well, why is it not going to? It was going to anyway. I don't know. It's like that old thing, right? Company says they're going to keep support. Company yeah. says they're going to stay separate. Yeah, um, you
1: know. Tech companies, yeah, they say many things, and typically they don't mean any of them. Yeah, you, I mean, is it really too absurd to think that Minecraft Two um, is going to be only on Xbox One? I don't think it's too crazy um, at this point. I mean, the my, the company has bought Minecraft and Mojang, and it only makes sense to continue to have, you know, because it depends whether. Microsoft prioritizes making money off Xbox or making money uh, off the Minecraft game. If Microsoft thinks that Minecraft as a standalone game as a as a sequel, right? Uh, let, let's imagine an hypothetical Minecraft 2. Does Microsoft make more money by making Minecraft 2 an exclusive an exclusive on Xbox one and can Microsoft convince people to buy the new Xbox just f- to access the new Minecraft game? Or does Microsoft make more money by making Minecraft by continuing to make Minecraft available on as many platforms as possible, and that means also developing on the on PlayStation or uh, you know PC and possibly Nintendo in the future. I don't know. Um, does Microsoft uh, treat Minecraft as a game into the in the traditional sense? So in the traditional sense, it means Microsoft owns Xbox, Microsoft owns Minecraft. Therefore, Minecraft goes to Xbox, or does Microsoft treat the Minecraft brand as a as a service, as a like OneDrive, which is available anywhere because Microsoft wants to make money off the subscription to use OneDrive. And uh, it's interesting because on the one hand you have Microsoft, the traditional gaming company with this established uh, console, which in this new generation is not doing so well uh, compared to Sony. And then you have the Microsoft, the cross the, the, the cross platform company, the new Microsoft that makes apps and services for everybody. Um, it's it's interesting to think about that. And but if you think right,
0: if if you know the idea of will they make more money selling it for the Xbox? Y- you've got to take out the you've got to add into the equation that it's not just the sale of one Xbox, one machine, and one game. You've then got that customer on your platform for potentially the next five to ten years, and all of the other potential game purchases that they will make will be on your platform. That's the whole idea of these first-party games, you know, like Halo. Halo exists for the Halo effect, right? It exists (laughs) so people buy the Xbox. That's why, you know, these companies throw a ton of money at Activision to get a different Call of Duty map, right? Yeah. Because for some people, that's the differentiator between buying the console or not. It's what console exclusives all about, right? Or like these timed exclusives. So what Microsoft are sitting on right now is one of the potentially biggest IPs in gaming that they have the ability to make a console exclusive without a penny more needed. Other than the 2.5 billion that they did to pay for the company,
1: and also I would guess a way to regulate the online component of Minecraft by locking it down to Xbox Live, mm-hmm. because right now basically anybody can set up a Minecraft server, whereas I guess um, in a in the Microsoft way, and that's all caps by the way. Um, you could you could have uh, Xbox live stuff and exclusive so i don't know it's just it's strange because it, you have the indie uh the indie success that everybody loves now being corporate and you know that's always kind of sad i think but also an amazing achievement for mojang
0: it's Just in- incredible it's just st- stupidly incredible yeah
1: yeah 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 And also Notch, I mean, because the guy, uh, he wants to uh, go back to making simple games, uh, but we cannot underestimate the amount of genius and work and dedication that went into Minecraft. So huge congrats to the guy, and also to the letter that he published uh, about quitting Mojang. I found that to be profoundly and deeply honest and, you know, genuine, and I really like the... I would, I would guess, resignation letter on his blog. Yeah.
0: So it's easy, you know, to in these scenarios to point and blame and 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 throw hate at the comp like founders of companies when they no, leave. I mean, come on. It is easy. I mean, it, people tend to do it, and some, you know, I have mixed feelings typically about these things. But in this scenario, I'm like, more power to you. Like, you uh, you made something incredible. You decided you didn't want to work on it anymore. A company yep. came in. They offered to give a bunch of cash. Then they didn't tie you in, or you were a master negotiator, and you walked away with probably hundreds of millions of dollars. Hats off to him. I mean, I, I don't yep. think that there is pretty much anyone in the world that would have not taken that deal.
1: The people who, the people who say, uh, I wouldn't sell out, uh, I don't think they have an, an understanding of how real life works. I don't think um,
0: they can con. I well, no, but you, you trust me. You cannot comprehend how much <laughs> cash two point five billion is. Who
1: without... in his right mind wouldn't take two billion dollars?
0: Yeah, or a hun- Say it was a hundred million. Say it was four hundred million. Okay, because you know, he got a cut, For, right? Yeah. Let's say let's say he got five hundred million. I think that's probably an accurate amount. You know. Um, I'm sure someone's
1: working out so, somewhere. I mean, I'm sorry, but everybody has a price, and everything yep. has a price. And frankly, I would sell my company for that kind of money. Um, you know, I just, I just don't happen to to be Minecraft. Uh, but anyway,
0: um, I, I would totally sell Relay for 2.5 billion dollars yep. if anyone wants <laughs> to make an offer. Um, I'm yeah. sure, if, I'm sure Stephen would be happy to be making that deal on his behalf as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we would, you know. Because again, like the guy, he's clearly not even been tied into anything that says he can't make video games anymore. Like, it's it's a sweet deal for him. Anyway, spent way longer on that than I thought we were going to. Yeah. But it is so interesting to me, Federico. The next couple of years are going to be are going to be intriguing. Microsoft are up to something. No matter what it is, good or bad, they're up to something.
1: Microsoft needs a plan, and this is clearly now- part of it. Yeah. yeah. Steam. Steam, huh? So there's, ah. there's an update. Is it, to the is Steam it some store. kind of website? It's a, a, a web component. <laughs> yeah, there's a new, um, there's a major redesign of Steam that launched last night. Um, I was quite surprised to see this kind of major change all of a sudden. And I mean, the, you could see that there was a pattern of Valve trying to. Um, I mean you could spot that uh, the company was working on this stuff if you paid attention. But you know, uh, last night uh, a new uh, it's called a new store and there's a new design for Steam on the web if you go to store.steampower.com. It's looks uh,
0: massively different. Like
1: I mean there's a it's blue for <laughs> one. And that's a major <laughs> change because you know, uh, brown black. and black. Yeah. And um there's uh, this huge, huge focus on curation, uh, whether it's done by the Steam um, engine or whether it's done by people. Um, so Steam now features these new um, sections. One is called the Discover Queue, and uh, the other is, um, is basically social profiles for people who sign up to be curators on Steam. Um, for instance, there's a Kotaku page where you can get game recommendations from Kotaku. There's a Eurogamer uh, curator page. Everybody's going to make a page to recommend games. And it's not too similar, if you're familiar with uh, with, with Apple services, to what Apple tried to do with Ping a few years ago. Uh, people could sign up and recommend um you know, songs to, and albums to, to people, and there were also brands and artists who had uh, curators' page, pages on 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 the iTunes Store. Now on Steam, you have curators, and um, you can follow them, you can subscribe to them, and you can get game recommendations from them. And the home page, so now as the new Discover Queue is basically a way to flip through. Uh, game recommendations, and they are based on what's popular, what's new, and what's recommended for you based on what you play, what you're interested into, like stuff that you added to your wish, li- to your wish list, or uh, you know, uh, other games that you browse on the on the Steam store. And uh, it seems that Valve really wanted to put more game recommendations in the in the main screen of Steam uh, because uh, there's a. Basically, when you when you go to Steam right now, uh, there's a message at the top, and you click this, match, this message, and you get an explanation from um, from Valve about uh, the changes in Steam. And one change that is always mentioned is that um, there are so many games in Steam. Um, they wanted a better way, a better way to uh, recommend uh, more games in a more personal way with more personal recommendations. And um, sure enough, there's a lot of w- new ways to um, to discover games. But what intrigues me, uh, it's not, you know, the individual sections or, you know, the curator pages, Is the underlying idea that curation is happening both with uh, computers and with humans. And for Mac Stories, w- I've often argued that, in my opinion, Apple should, um, Apple being, you know, the... the one of the uh, biggest digital marketplaces on the planet alongside uh, the Google Play Store and Steam um i've often argued that that apple should focus more on curation by you know by uh changing the main screen of the app store to showcase more curated sections and personalized recommendations instead of top charts and new releases. And it seems that Valve is trying to take this approach uh, using both algorithms and people, basically, or, you know, um, brands such as uh, video game websites. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Mike, um, we, talk a- we talked about curation uh, on digital stores before with uh, Sony and the PSN and the App Store, uh, what do you think about uh, these changes in Steam? Do you think that you know curation is the, is the right thing to do? Um, I, I want to know what are your thoughts on the subject, Michael.
0: Before I give you my thoughts, okay, this is what we call suspense in the in the, in oh, the wow. business. Wow, right? that's a
1: real pro move. It's, this well is done. true
0: suspense. I'm, I'm going to thank uh, our second sponsor for this week's episode, and that is our friends at Studio Neat. Studio Neat is one of my favorite companies. Um it's run by our friends Dan and Tom and they're based in Austin, Texas, um which means a lot to to American people. Um <laughs> they they're a USA company, Federico. I don't know how that sounds
1: coming from oh, me. Oh yeah, or... America is like the country with the stars and the stripes and the eagle. Yeah, I mean, we
0: like them, right? We like America. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Studio Neat, they make some of the coolest products around. They make the Glyph, which is an adjustable tripod mount and stand that will fit any smartphone, including the new iPhones. Uh, It will allow you to take awesome photos and videos or just watch a movie on the plane. So, like, if you look at some of the time-lapse stuff, and our friends at Studio Neat, they actually just posted a blog post today about... um, how the iOS ti- iOS 8 time lapse features work and the glyph is fantastic for the time lapses right because it allows you to put your new iPhone 6 lock it into uh, this like tripod mount to put it onto a tripod, you can take fantastic time lapse photos. Right, so that that's just like a great thing that they have thought about, and and it's that's just a great usage for it. But like let's say you're on a on the plane and you want to watch a movie on your phone. Well, the glyphs also really good as like a little stand too. You can just like prop it up on itself and it'll stand there, and you can watch your movie. They make the neat ice kit, which is an awesome kit to make super fancy and fussy clear ice at home. I love this for my tasty cocktails. It's like this ice mold, and it makes really clear ice, and you get all these great tools where you can like carve the ice up put them into some drinks that sort of stuff so um, i love that and the cosmonaut as well which is a a super cool iphone stylus that looks feels really great it's kind of chunky like a marker pen as opposed to trying to pretend to be this like fine pen because it's it's true to the limitations of what the ipad will allow from a touch input so it's like a big chunky pen and i find it a joy to use on the ipad Studio Neat are always thinking up and working on new and interesting projects. They truly care about design, packaging, and just making super cool products. I buy everything that they make, and not just because they're friends of mine, but I love all of their products. Everything that I've bought, I found a delight to use – everything's thought about so well and it's got just a great sense of humour to it I love it, all. I love their marketing and all that sort of stuff they're a great company I think you should go ahead over to studioneat.com check out their awesome products they also have a few iPhone apps that you can check out um, apps including uh, Slow Fast Slow and Frameographer, and these are both like photo uh, apps which go great with the glyph and they have awesome videos and info about their products too and because these guys are so cool they are giving listeners a virtual 10% off anything at studioneat.com just enter the code virtual at checkout thank you so much to studioneat for sponsoring this show and for supporting Rel- relay fm so i logged into to steam to kind of to check out the this update um I mean it looks it looks really good. I think the curation is a really important thing for these guys because there are so many games being added to the Steam store all the time. You know, especially with their like their green light project, you know, where people can go in and you can pay a bit of money up front. It's like a kind of like game development Kickstarter type scenario. And they have, you know, like we talk about with, like, early access, Steam early access as well. So there's just so much content in here that you can get to. And I, when I was, um, or when I, when I do look for games on Steam, I never really know what to look for. And I kind of uh, previously had been a bit, sh- I'd struggled, like, where should I go? Should I look in the indie game category? And I look in the mm-hmm. top charts. But I'm like, what if an indie game was good that was, re- like, released like eighteen months ago, it's not gonna be in the chart anymore, that kind of thing. So I what they've they've kind of split the the view up into a few ways. There is a recommended for you, but I think that's just what they've got on sale at the moment. Like that's right up at the top. But then they have like these curated lists. I wonder, do you know, Federico, if there's any financial benefit to the curators? I don't
1: think so. And actually, um the Kotaku article that I read last night about the announcement uh, brought up the the possible issue of um, curators um, basically recommending games that they're getting paid for uh, by big companies, and so Kotaku uh, mentioned this uh, possible um, conflict um, to to the Val, to Valve, uh, which said that um, they're taking measures to uh, monitor the activity of curators and. Uh, and basically making sure that companies aren't paying people to recommend games on Steam because i mean that can be a, that can be a problem right uh imagine if a, like if a big uh, imagine if um, curators uh, become as big as uh, youtubers and imagine if companies start to you know to pay serious money to have a very popular uh curator page recommend a specific game uh, Steam being one of you know uh, the biggest uh, marketplace for PC games um, that can be an issue, especially if curation is uh, becomes so important on the on the main screen.
0: So I also checked out. So right at the bottom they have what they're referring to as like a, a never-ending list of yeah. recommendations. It's spot on. Like I'm seeing games in here, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to play that. Or like, yeah, because yeah, this you is have a lot of,
1: you have a lot of games in your account, and I wanted to ask you because I don't use. Uh, I, I think I, I bought in my entire history of Steam, I bought like two or three games, so my account is basically empty, because um, I never, I never was a PC or Mac gamer, and so I wanted to to ask you, you know, the kind of recommendations that you see. So, like, there's
0: a bunch of indie games in here, which, <laughs> of course, is what they've picked out as the type of game that I enjoy. Right? So, the Binding of Isaac, uh, the Wolf Among Us, Broken Age, Gone Home, uh, Pixel Piracy, which is a a, a new game actually, I've, I I'm not familiar with that, but they like say it's because I bought Rogue Legacy, Faster Than Light, Don't Starve, Cryptid and Necrodancer. These are all games that I've seen spoken about recently like on blogs and stuff um castle crashes super hexagon i know i'm aware of these games and and it's because they fall within the sort of the game type of game that i like to play and i'm like scoring for hotline miami is here gunpoint is here like these are just loads of games and honestly i now know if i want to play a new game a great place for me to go now is the steam store because I mean, I'm scrolling through this Federico, and I could drop like hundreds of dollars right now on some of this stuff. The Kerbal Space Program—it's like that is a game that's always been in the back of my mind to play, and it's just popped up there. And hmm. I, I think I need to close this window
1: before. You know, the maybe it's the the fact that there's a much much uh, fewer apps on on these. Uh, uh, game game store um, game stores that uh, than the Apple App Store uh, or maybe it's uh, it's the fact that uh, companies like Sony and Valve and Nintendo even for the eShop uh, they have different visions for how people should discover games uh, and there's also an argument about you know games are different than apps apps are for the most part utilities um, games are entertainment. Uh, So it's a a different kind of marketplace. Uh, But I do believe that uh, what Valve is trying to do with Steam in a big way and in in a more subtle way, what Sony and Nintendo are trying to do with curated sections and recommendations, that's the right way to approach this problem. The problem being that there's just so much stuff because everybody can make a game. So I know that um, Steam and the eShop and the PSN, they have um, strict policies to to get a game approved. It's not like the App Store where anybody can really just be a developer and and submit an application. Uh, But even those guys, which are dealing with, uh, you know, not with 1.2 million apps, even those guys understand that curation is the the only way, whether it's human or whether, it, whether it's done by a computer, it's the only way to assure that this growing catalog doesn't backfire, basically. And instead, Apple is doing curation, right? But, but still, they seem to be you know, very cautious about it. And um, and I do think that eventually Apple will have to change. Uh, there are encouraging signs with the new Explore section on, on the iOS 8 App Store. But still, if you go to the main page of the App Store, you can see the top charts. Uh, you can see, you know, the new releases and there's no genius uh, recommendation system anymore. And uh, maybe Apple wants to get back into the curation game with the Explore section and maybe that's just uh, this year they're going to do this and next year they're going to do recommendations and home screen redesign. We'll see, but I think that Steam and... You know, in a in a in a smaller fashion, the eShop and the PSN are doing the right things. Um it'd be interesting to see to see Apple or Google uh, doing this kind of stuff.
0: I think it's it's I don't think that Apple need um, they need to do it themselves. Like, imagine a world where Federica Fitici has the Mac stories pick section in the app store you know like the the curated stuff could come from approved people whom Apple trust to look through and find interesting things because you would do that wouldn't you for the yeah, you know if, they said, if they said yeah. and yes of course we'll put your affiliate code on that. yeah of course you know or even even if they didn't you'd do it wouldn't you If there was no financial gain in it for you, you'd still
1: still have that list on there. It'll be the kind of exposure that is not, you know, uh, the... Money cannot buy. Yeah, I mean, it's the real exposure because you're, you know, on the platform that you talk about every day, there's your name. And, you know, I would definitely have a profile page on the App Store if Apple ever had this kind of feature.
0: So I, you know... I don't know why they don't think about doing something like that. I don't know why it has to be the acquisition of beats or you know increasing the editorial team, which cannot do what we would like to be done. The the amount that they would need to increase that te- team would be insane. So they may as well leave it to people that do it anyway.
1: Yeah. So Mike, um, we also wanted to talk about a game today, but. But there's a there's a change in our strategy.
0: Yeah, cuz we're going to ha- we have another episode due this week. There's be two episodes this week because we missed one last week. We had to do a makeup episode, which is today. So I I like the idea of doing it this way because it gives people the ability to sort of play along. So on Thursday's episode, one of the things that we're going to talk about is um, the Super Smash Brothers beta
1: <laughs> or demo? I guess it's the demo. Name. Yeah,
0: that's that's the correct that's the correct term. Uh, I would also actually like to spend a little bit more time playing the game as well um, than I have. So yeah, it's worked out well for me. So I get a little bit more play time in.
1: Yeah, I have been obsessed with the demo. So that's uh, a good
0: that's a good tease.
1: I I cannot wait to. I mean, I, I went to, to uh, the same guy where I always buy my games, uh, my, my video game owner friend here. And there's a possibility that I may get um, the game a few days before the official release. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, Mike. Um, so let's talk about um, the demo on Thursday.
0: When is the official release?
1: October 3rd, I'm going to say. Okay. I think it is, yeah. It must be a Friday. We'll see. Yep. Yeah. So, people in the chat room, you should, you know, prepare for Super so Smash up your rather...
0: Or your 2DS and uh, download the demo. You need to have a Nintendo Network ID. I'm going to talk about that on Thursday, and you can you can join us uh, in our in our first impressions of uh, Super Smash Brothers, um, at least the demo of Super Smash Brothers. How does that sound, Federico Vitić? Sounds great. Right, I think that about calls it a show for today. If you want to catch up with uh, all of the links that we've been collecting in today's episode, go to relay.fm/slash virtual slash five and you'll find everything there. you also find links on how you can get in contact with us. I am imike on Twitter. I am YKE and Federico is at Fatici, Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. We'll be back next week. Oh, next. Not next week. We'll be back in a couple of days' time on Thursday with another episode of your favourite video games podcast on the planet. Um, until then, Mr. Vaticci, say goodbye.
1: Arrivederci.